The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Now with more video. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're doing this podcast live. Well, not live, it's, but it'll be recorded on YouTube. If you want to watch it, you can watch it on Thursday night. Happy Halloween to uh, Pete Briscoe, RJ White, joining me for the Pick Show. You can also listen to the podcast you know, via the regular format. It'll be out, um, at, I think, in the morning or early, maybe a.m., whatever it is, around the same time as our uh, Thursday night recap. Pete, I'm surprised to see that you're already in costume, dressed up as uh, Danny DeVita. Why'd you do that? Hey, that's really original. He's funny, isn't he? <laughs> I never knew how funny Will Brinson was. Um, we were just talking before the show. Have you ever in your life, Brinson, shut off all the lights and said, nobody's home so no kids knock on your door? Uh, yeah, I mean, not not since I got married, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's play. When RJ? Of course. Mean man. RJ's the mean I man. Never, I mean, we had we lived in one house where we had three dogs, and they were big, and they were skittish, and I don't want people reading the thing. They would Kids would, would uh, mess with the dog, and they'd ring the doorbell, and that one of the dogs tore up some of the wall just because they thought it was funny. And so you just got to avoid some of that stuff. Yeah, I uh, I have, so I can't say anything either. <laughs> I've done it. You guys don't remember back in the day, the day before Halloween. It was known as Mischief Night in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And that was when you had free reign to go out and egg and toilet paper and throw everything in people's houses. Nowadays, you get a bullet, you get shot. It was, it was, no, seriously, it was like back in the day, you used to be able to go out and it was like, okay, you get caught, the guy gives you a lecture, that's it. You can't do that now. Egg people's no, houses. No, you don't go egg people houses now. You get you end up on like CNN is like a right. great child who's like it is like this. These parents are terrible. Um, Kevin Stein, our editor, was saying that one of our editors was saying that um, they trick or treat from two p.m. to ten p.m. in, in up in New York. What are, what are we doing? Why are you t- trick or treating at two p.m.? Two p.m. I don't remember. Yeah, what are you Two p.m. You know what you do? You go out at three o'clock, then you go back out at seven. When it's dark, you get double the candy. That's what he was saying. That's what he said. said kids change their costumes and come back. They find the good houses or something like that. The big, um, the, the large candy bars. Is, is that a great myth that people actually give out the big candy bars? I, I, I don't Never think I've done. ever found them. Have you ever found there them? Was, there was a uh, family in High Point when I was growing up, High Point, North Carolina, that used to do a soft serve ice cream machine. You could walk up, get a cone. It was awesome. I don't want anything that's not wrapped. You know, like, like somebody give you a goodie bag of like homemade cookies. Get that out of here. I don't know what's in those. You don't do that. Yeah, of course not. But I mean, like, there's like a line of like 50 kids going up to the Covington's house to get soft serve ice cream. What was the old? What was the old? Uh, what maybe it wasn't a myth, but the old thing about apples. Are you talking about razor blades now? Yeah, remember that one? The apples. Never guns and razor blades. Like 30. Never, never, ever take an apple. Pizza version of Halloween is the purge, apparently. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, well, th- there was always people, didn't they, didn't they tell you your mom when you were going out, don't, don't take the apple and bite the apple? That was one of the, that was one of the old adages of Halloween. That's right. Don't that's, eat, don't eat fruit. If they give out fruit, don't eat fruit and don't eat cookies. You get eat plastic wrap candy. I don't even like the idea of, candy frankly although i will be i definitely people are listening to this on friday i definitely stole lots of robbie's candy oh, i feel bad for your son today i really do because i know you're going to steal his candy you're going to steal the kid blind the stuff he likes we like different candy so it's fine okay. um okay let's get to and i'm actually getting yelled at for doing this podcast instead of trick-or-treating but you know what job comes first you know you know how that is pete um, <laughs> <laughs> i do know <laughs> so anyway um Let's look at the stand. By the way, join our Facebook group. You can ask gambling. You can ask fantasy. You can ask any questions you want. Go to Facebook.com. Search Pick 6 Podcast. Private group. You join or request to join. Debo will approve you or somebody will approve you. And uh, then poof, you get uh, everything answered from us. I'll try and jump on Thursday night. I will jump on Sunday morning as well. Uh, our standings. 
from last week. Oh no, not great for me. Uh, I went one in five last week. Mm, 28, 21 and two. You knew that RJ, was coming. You knew that was coming. I got screwed in the, in the like final 30 minutes of the early games. Screwed bad. Like four games shifted. Does he want any cheese with his wine? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in the same spot with him. I was 4-0 in the contest in the early games going into the fourth quarter of the early slate and ended up 2-2. Two and two. It all he, evens out. It all evens out. It, we, every time I say I got screwed on the game, you guys go, ah, well, you got now, welcome to the club. We commiserate because we always get screwed too. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, but you just had bad picks. You, you didn't get screwed the first couple of weeks. Uh, I got screwed in the Chargers game a couple of weeks ago. You got the Titans and the Chargers should have won that game. I mean, they shouldn't have been in that game. The Chargers shouldn't have won against the Bears. I'll tell you that much. They screwed me in that one. Giants shouldn't have covered. Mm. Yeah, I had the Lions too, so I can't say anything. Buccaneers should have won. RJ had the RJ had the Giants. And part of what I said is that that Lions secondary is going to be a little distracted. The guy got traded. The pass defense hasn't been good, and I think the Giants could get a backdoor cover if they need it, and they did. Yeah, well, they should have. The Lions had the ball with a chance to get a first down and end the game, and they didn't. And they didn't do it. They choked. And the Buccaneers got hosed by the refs who blew the whistle dead. Like they should have won that game outright. That, yeah. Anyway, well, but uh, as it well, is, as it is, let's put your record up there so we can all take a peek at it. One and five. RJ went two and three. Pete went three and four last week. RJ just a half game behind me. Pete storming towards five hundred. Um, just gotta get a winning week here. This is coming. It's coming, dude. Could you, by the way, at the end of the show, please put the hex on me because I liked it better when you did that. No, I'm, I think you're going to have a big week this week. That's <laughs> the reverse <laughs> The uh, pick six parlay, once again, an absolute disaster. Panthers yeah. plus half. That was a laugh, right? Oh, the, my God. I love that game. I, what a moron. We all had him as a best bet. What a moron. I'm a moron. I thought they win the game outright. I did, too. Not even close. Um, Raiders-Texans over also lost. It really should have won. Uh Gary and Conley made a great play on Tyrell Williams. Might have been passing interference. Who knows? Uh, but knocked the ball out, forced the Raiders not to kick a field goal or get a touchdown to lead and, and push that over. Yada, yada. Didn't hit. Uh, and then the Patriots-Browns under did hit, I believe. It did. It did. Keep playing Patriots unders. Yeah, it did. Yep. Uh, let's get to our picks for this week. Speaking of the Patriots. Patriots minus three at the Ravens. Sunday night football. What a Sunday night. What a Sunday night primetime game. Bizarrely, Pete, the Ravens have only had 13 home primetime games in the John Harbaugh era. That's crazy to me. I mean, he's been there since 2008. What are you doing? It's like once a year. What's going on here? Yeah, that is kind of weird. I, I, I like New England in this game because I think Belichick is going to be Belichick in this game. The, he's going to show everybody why he's the greatest defensive mind who ever coached on any sideline. And I'm going back assistance anybody. He's the best. And he will take away Lamar Jackson's ability to run the football and he will make him a passer. And when you make him a passer, it's going to be problematic against that secondary. He's going to use those hybrid guys in a variety of different ways to slow him down. You can't play a ton of man against him because you turn your back on him. He is going to run out of there. So I think what they'll do is they'll show him some different looks and have his own blitzes behind it. I think they limit him. I like the Patriots in this game. Yeah, when Brinson takes the Ravens, he's going to talk about some, that kind of thing. The matchup, maybe it favors them, whatever. It doesn't matter. Belichick's going to figure it out. You can you can trust the one guy that'll scheme um, uh, specifically for what he's facing is going to be Belichick. Uh, I would lean to the Patriots as well. Uh, my better bet is obviously the under, like I say with every Patriots game. New England's the first team with 14 points or less allowed in eight straight games in over 40 years. They have four offensive touchdowns allowed all year. I mean, just keep taking the unders. I don't care what offense they play. Uh, New England's offense hasn't been firing on all sin- cylinders, but Baltimore's D isn't great either. They're just 20th and third down percentage, and we know New England just picks up third downs left and right whenever they need it. They do what they need to to get to the stick. So I do think the Patriots can get ahead in this game, and with their defense, I don't think they'll let the Ravens back. By the way, I like it was not one of my best bets, but I also like the under if we wanted to throw that in there. Will likes it too. Did uh, RJ didn't have anything as a best bet in this game? No, I lean, my biggest leans to the under, but but yeah, I had other and, stuff. And I I, my my best bet is the Patriots, but I also like the under. My best bet is the Ravens, so we won't be taking that. Um, look, I understand that Bill Belichick is, as you said, Pete, Bill Belichick. Who knew he is Bill Belichick? Um, I get it. I think I'm petrified of fading him. It's a bad idea, especially with a young quarterback. 
But I think when you look at the history of young quarterbacks going against him, guys who can run have done well. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. I understand they're better passers from the pocket than Lamar Jackson. I also think that we're sort of underrating, not that there's a, not that there's not a big gap from Bill Belichick to John Harbaugh, but John Harbaugh is a really good football coach and he is 12 and one straight up in those primetime games at home since 2008. Uh, only seven and six against the spread, but. Two of those cover, two of those non-covers of the six non-covers, two were as a double-digit favorite. Two, uh, three were against the Steelers, and they won two of those, and then uh, lost one by like a point, and one was as an eight-point favorite um, over the Steelers, and then the other one was against New England, and they won that game, but just didn't cover. So I mean, like, the, if you look at the circumstances, they, you know, just just playing games against, you know. Tough teams, the Steelers and the, and the Patriots. They're getting three points at home. He's never been an underdog at home in a primetime game. I will take John Harbaugh as a dog at home against a team that he has coached well against. And really, if you think about anybody who's had the Patriots number of the last 10 years, it's John Harbaugh and the Ravens. Yeah, but with a, a deep ball thrower and Flacco in those games in a lot of situations. And look, you can, you can smirk all you want, but Flacco played well in a lot of those games against them. He did. He's not a good quarterback, but he played well against the, the Patriots. I just don't think Lamar Jackson's going to be able to pass the football in this game. I just don't. Got to see it to believe it. Yeah. He's not playing Miami this time. Nope. All right. Fine. Um, Joe Flacco, by the way, has like a history of completing like seven of 14 for 59 yards and beating the Patriots. Just saying. Just saying. Go back and look uh, at his playoff numbers. Uh, I think you're wrong. No, no, look, How does this Ravens defense come, you know, uh, compare to those in the past that, that you're comparing them to? They should be getting, I mean, they're, look, they're not as good, of course, but they're, they should be getting Jimmy Smith back. They've been playing a lot better the last three weeks. Um, I think under 21 points allowed the last three weeks. I get it. The opponents were not, you know, New England, but are we sure New England's offense is that great? No, I don't. No, we like don't. I said it's not great, but it can move the ball on third down, and they can't stop. They're not doing very well on third down defensively. So, I think New England be... can get its first downs and get there, get down there, get some points. Right. I will take the points. Of this. I think this is gonna be. A, I don't think New England's gonna blow this team out. Do you? Uh, I think that that's more likely than Patri- uh, than the Ravens winning because you know it's just that defense. It's like if you do get behind and you ha- and they force you to throw. How are you going to catch up on them when you have that secondary so great and, you know, they get their pass rushers going and, and, you know, every other team tries to fail. Now, New England hasn't played, you know, a run of amazing teams either. You know, they got a lot of those Dolphins and Jets games on, on the schedule, but, um, that defense is going to stop anybody. You know, they're just because they're playing bad teams doesn't mean that, that you can write them off because they're doing something that no team has done in 40 years. You know, this is, this is a defense from the seventies and eighties, not, not in 2019. I'm not, uh, I'm not writing them off. Peter, are you reading my tweets? What are you doing? No, I'm I'm trying to look at what Flacco's numbers are against the Patriots. Okay, you should get a computer. Um, okay, or somebody somebody get this guy an iPad. Crying out loud! Colts and Steelers. Colts minus one at the Steelers. The over under in this one a robust forty two and a half points. Pete, you've got another best bet on this one. Yeah, I like the Steelers in this game. I, I think defensively they're starting to find themselves. I'm not going to use Miami as an example because Miami's terrible on offense, but I, I don't think the Colts played well on offense last week, and that's a little concerning for me. I think the Steelers' down guys will be able to choke off the run here, make Brissett beat them. Uh, I think offensively, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, but I do think that the Steelers and that defense will find a way to win this game at home. It's tough for me picking this against the spread. I would probably lean Colts just because they played a lot of close games and they won a lot of close games. And all of them, I would, right? I would say they have the uh, coaching edge there, but uh, Steelers. Are, my better leans to the under, under forty-two and a half. Steelers are consistently scoring twenty-plus points. I don't think the offense all that great, regardless of that. Twenty-third in DVOA, nineteenth in points per drive, twenty-eighth in red zone percentage. It's just not a team that's going to put up a ton of points against a good defense, I think. And that indie defense has played better as it's gotten healthier. So the injury report's going to be key. I know they got some cornerbacks on there again this week, uh, so we'll see how that goes the indie offense has been solid but pittsburgh defense you know top 10 in a lot of categories in the league uh so this feels like another game where pittsburgh d kind of dictates what's going on makes it a low scoring game and indy as they do keeps it close and we you know we somebody wins by a field goal in the end i would just take the under no wait no wait i want to go back to something you said indy has the better coach yeah Tomlin won super bowls so you're nuts frank reich's a way better frank coach a better coach i'm not so sure he is I, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting Tomlin on a pedestal or anything, but at least he has skins on the wall. Frank Wright doesn't have anything. Frank Wright won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator two years ago. Well, he's a coordinator. It's different. You're not the head coach. It's different. He took, he's, 
okay. Um, I mean, it's not the same thing. I, I will give you that, but I mean, he's like done really well his first two years at Indy. You, look, Frank Reich's done some really good things. I'm, I'm impressed as a coach, but you can't rank him ahead of Mike Tomlin. Well, I'm not, we're not saying all time head coach. I'm talking about this matchup right now in okay. this moment. Reich's a better coach than Tomlin. He's got, well, he's, not as a, he's obviously not as accomplished. Nobody's going to. It's argue. hard to, hard to argue if he doesn't, I mean, since he doesn't have his quarterback. I mean, it's hard to be a coach and you don't have. Guess who else doesn't have his quarterback? Right, true. <laughs> what are you your luck retired. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't think he's that. I, I, I think Tomlin's a better coach. Tomlin's a better coach. Tomlin's he's won. All the time. He didn't have his offense prepared to start the season. Well, I can go back. Look, last year he went fourth and one against the, the, the Texans and cost himself a game. Right? Right? For all his aggressiveness, he cost himself a chance to win that and, game. And then they won 10 straight. Yeah. I mean, he's a good coach, but he's not. I mean, Tomlin's won. He's done it. I would. I would say that Mike Tomlin, if they both retired today or like we just ended the NFL, yes, Mike Tomlin would rank above Frank Wright. But if you took the NFL in 2019 and said rank the coaches in the NFL, I would have Reich above Mike Tomlin. You'll probably change your tune Sunday afternoon when Pittsburgh beats them. Well, the Steelers are one of my best bets too. So I don't yeah, know. Well, and, and you, and oh, by the way, you had him going to the Super Bowl. So you must think Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. <laughs> They lost their quarterback, man. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, I, I'm not saying Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. I'm just saying I think Frank Wright is a top three to five coach right now in the NFL. I think he's coaching his tail off. Um, as to the Steelers, though, this is, this whole thing's just fishy. The whole Colts minus one at the Steelers. I get Indy, Indy's a very good team, but I, I think what RJ said, like, this is going to be a close game. And I do think that if you look at the best unit, out of the four out there, it's the Steelers defense. That Steelers defense is playing really well. I mean, they, you know, they weren't great to start the year. Mika Fitzpatrick's been a big plus. Um, you know, they are on a short week, but it's going to be loud at Heinz Field. Um, I just, I just have a feeling that the Steelers go out and win this game. It could look stupid, uh, but, uh, that's one of my best bets as well. I like that mm-hmm. one a lot. Mm-hmm. Moving along to the Texans and Jaguars. Oh yeah, 9.30 a.m. I can't tell you how many people have forgotten this game is in London on CBS? NFL Network? I think it's NFL, I think it's NFL Network. NFL Network, yeah. NFL Network! Alright, can't wait. I get, we can thrash it then. Um, just kidding. I think maybe it's the CBS camera crews. I have no idea. At any rate, the Texans are playing the Jaguars in London. The Texans are favored by one. The over-under is 46 and a half. Um, Pete, you like, uh, you like your Jags here, don't you? I like the over. I like, I like the Jaguars, but I like the over in this game. I think this total will go way over. I, I, I think Minshew is going to have a big day throwing the football. That secondary in Houston is a disaster. No J.J. Watt. Uh, this is his opportunity to show everybody that I should st- he should stay in as the starting quarterback because there's a lot of talk that Foles is coming back, particularly if he doesn't play well here. I think he plays well here. I think Watson plays well here. There's no Jalen Ramsey to take away Hopkins. There's going to be a lot of points in this game. I love the over in this game. I have a best bet is the over as well. I think the game is going to be much different than that 13-12 Houston win, which was Minshew's first start. Uh, Jacksonville's offense has scored 26-plus in four of their last five. They have the big yardage numbers to back it up. It's not like they're taking advantage of short fields and turnovers or anything. Uh, Texans have seen their last four games go over 50 points as the defense has fallen apart. Obviously, Watt's absence is going to exacerbate that. It's not going to be any better. Um, so Houston's offense is fifth in points per drive. I think they'll be able to succeed. And it just seems like isn't Gardner Minshew doesn't seem like he's the perfect quarterback for London. He's going to go in there. He's going to drink up the pub and people are going to get crazy. They're going to love him there in, in London and uh, he's going to set it on fire. I would lean toward the Jags as well in the spread, but over is my best bet. I love the over too. So we can put that in as a consent. The first play in the consensus pick six, double D parlay. I want to ask you guys this. And hey, won't it be nice to have a little top of the morning to you? Hey, you guys, what do you think if if he plays well, would you keep him in? Yes. Would you keep him in? Yeah. I would too. Foles, Foles is not your long-term answer, right? No, I mean like we know No, but I'm hearing rumblings that if Foles is ready to go, they might go back to him because and and, and some of the things that are being said is like the, the the Saints game when they threw some things at him and he wasn't ready for it. 
they're worried down the stretch that he might not be ready for some of the things get thrown at him. But I, I, if he has a big, if let's just say he throws to three thirty and two and they win, mm-hmm. you got to keep him in, right? Keep him in while he's winning. I mean, I if, would too. if the season falls apart and they're eliminated, then maybe you're like, well, we, we want to see what we have in full, so we can decide something in the off season. But you know, you can make arguments either side of the coin. So I'm not saying there's a definitive answer. No way. I just think if Minshew's playing well and the offense has looked good with with Minshew at quarterback, like I said, those point totals, just keep him in. Why not? Yeah, I keep him in. Uh, will, will you keep him in too? Who would have thought they'd be four and four at this point? Right. Kidding me? Bless the guy's selling tickets. Like, if you want to look for other reasons too, like, I mean, I understand that there's, I would guess there's probably concern with Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone. Like, hey, we got to spin it that we paid Nick Foles a bunch of money and we're not playing him. Dave Caldwell too. And then Sean Kana is like, why, you know, why are we spending that money? But like, you're making it back on these fake mustaches they're hanging out. I mean, in, right. In, the, it, it, uh, Minshew mania is real. And, and, and yeah. so I, it gives them an identity too. It helps. And Nick Foles is nondescript. I mean, he is. Look, he won a Super Bowl and he's nondescript. Uh, I think he stays in, but only because he's playing well, not because of any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. By the way, I mean, the Texans have 18 people on their injury report, uh, from, from Wednesday. Now we'll see. Look how at the second, changed. look at the secondary. The secondary is, Ravage. There was nobody. They were, they were playing guys off the street last week. I mean, it was it yeah. was bad. Um, DeAndre Hopkins limited practice on Wednesday as well with a thumb injury. That's a little concerning. He's always Obviously, limited to start the week. So. What's that? He's, he's always on that report. The week. Like he's yeah, they never absolutely. give him a full practice to start the week. Uh, and then Deshaun Watson with the eye. I don't think either one's going to be a problem for the over, but we like the over in that spot. I also have the Jaguars as a best bet. Um, I just think that they're familiar with London. I think they'll handle the situation. They know how to get over there. They know how to get prepped. Uh, and it's new for Minshew, of course, but, um, that team should be able to help him, uh, get in there. And I, and I they just don't like, it, by the way, the Larry, if Laramie Tunsil is for any reason ruled out, love the Jaguars. Cause that pass they rush will get. They should have beat him the first time and they didn't have Cam Robinson in that game. They didn't have Ngakwe in that game and, and Minshew was making his first start. They'll beat, yep. they should and, beat him again. And, and they had JJ Watt. Uh, They'd be five and three, and the Texans would be four and four. It'd be very interesting in that division and that dimension discussion if that had happened. So this is a big game for him. I, I think he answers the bell. Titans at Panthers. Panthers minus three and a half. A forty-one and a half. The over/under between these two sluggos. Pete, who you got here? I think Carolina regroups here. I, I think they got caught off guard last week, and they were. It, it almost looked like I was watching the game on tape today. It almost looked like they weren't ready for San Francisco's offense at all. And they got blocked. They got schemed out of big gaping holes. And I think they'll regroup here against the Titans offense, which you know what it's going to do. They're going to line up and try and pound Derrick Henry and then have Tannehill make some plays. Kyle Allen was bad last week. I think he's going to be better in this game. I don't believe in the Titans on the road. Uh, I'll take the Panthers as one of my best bets. Yeah, I would lean to the Panthers as well. I think I said last week with that game, uh, play the live line because whoever gets out in front, you just want to hammer them because neither of those teams are coming back on people between Carolina and San Francisco. That's not how they operate. In this game, I don't see the Titans running away. Uh, I know that that's what happened against Tampa Bay due to the turnovers. So as long as Kyle Allen isn't, you know, dropping the ball on the ground over and over, I don't think that's going to be a problem here. We're getting Carolina at low stock, obviously, after getting plastered by San Francisco. Tennessee's a little higher stock than they should be after a cheap win. Uh, Tennessee outgained Tampa 389, or they were outgained 389 yards to 246. They almost lost despite being gifted two early touchdowns where they only gained 11 yards of offense and got those two touchdowns were up 14 nothing on those drives. So, uh, you can't really count on that happening. Uh, Carolina can't defend the run, but Tennessee's run game isn't shining as much as it used to. You know, they're 25th in DVOA in that category, 24th in yards per rush. And the biggest thing with Tennessee is they haven't beaten a team with a winning record yet. I don't think it's going to start here against the Panthers team we think is pretty solid. They're not the best, but they're pretty solid. So I would say Panthers probably win this game, and three and a half isn't that much of a line for me to sweat. So I'll take the Panthers as a lean. Yeah, I sort of go on with Tennessee initially, but I think the more you look at it, I mean, look, this team is not very consistent. Titans, I think the Panthers defense will show up in this one. They, they've done a good job, uh, you know, at least so far this year of bouncing back whenever, um, you know, adversity kind of strikes. We saw them really go into, you know, they go into Arizona, Kyle Allen, uh, and, you know, look, a lot of pressure on him. They, you know, home game, or not a home game, but a return home, you know, where, where he's from, where he played, uh, in school too, in Houston against the Texans, and he went out and played pretty well. Um, Tennessee's not the 49ers. They're just not nearly as good as the 49ers. And I think Carolina, I might lean towards Carolina there, but I wouldn't put it in a best bet or anything like that. Um, three and a half just makes me nervous, but maybe that's why I like the Panthers. Bucks at Seahawks. Seahawks minus six, the over under 51 in a Tampa Bay Seattle game, Pete. Yeah. And I think it's soaring past it. Uh, I, Seattle's defense 
in the same. And they've been giving up a lot of yards. A lot of it was garbage time to Matt Schaub last week, but they did get back in the game. Right. I mean, they had a chance to get back in the game. Their secondary is having all kinds of issues. They don't rush the passer except for Clowney, and that's a concern. Uh, Tampa Bay, I know it's back-to-back road games. They, their road schedule is brutal in this little stretch, but I think they're going to be able to, you know, if as long as Jameis, and he'll turn it over eventually, but he's going to put up some numbers. I think this one goes up and down a little bit, and I think there's going to be a lot of points in the game. I like the over. We've already seen it come down a little off the line. I think it's down to four and a half in some spots and, and five in other spots. So six probably isn't out there on the market by the time people are hearing this unless it's rebounded a bunch. Uh, I think the Bucks are probably going to cover at six and four and a half, you know, a little bit less, but I would probably still lean to it. Uh, Bucks can stay in games if they don't commit a billion turnovers. and Which they do, though. Yeah, which they do. But I think a lot of that isn't Winston's fault. You know, when you watch those, it looks like receivers are running the wrong routes. Twice left. It's not like he's throwing it and they're just bad passes, inaccurate passes. They're just not running to where the ball sh- should be. And that's something you can get ironed out, you know, through film, practice, whatever. It's not something that's going to keep up because you don't see many teams just keep keep doing that over and over and over. So if they do get that settled, I think they can compete in this game, maybe even win. Uh, Seattle's committed to running the ball. They have more rush attempts than pass attempts this season. Tampa Bay's got the number one rush DVOA, their their elite run defense. Um, Seattle's D isn't playing that well. They let Atlanta back in a blowout, like you said, and it, people can make the garbage time argument, but if they make that two-point conversion, it's a one-score game, and they're marching down the field to tie it up. They end up kicking a field goal because they were down 10 on second down just so they could try to get an onside kick and end up uh, losing only by seven. I think they could have got down and got another touchdown if they wanted to. Um, so this is also a look-ahead spot for Seattle. Monday night game next week at San Francisco. Huge game for them in terms of division. Get, they could get caught sleeping a little here. A game they should win by six or seven. They end up winning by two or three. So I would take the points with the Bucks as a lean. I, I might get into it a little bit more of a best bet as I think about it and look at the injury reports, but I do like the Bucks. Uh, I also like the Bucks as well. When you look at Bruce Arians' history, don't sleep on this. I know it's a different team, but Bruce Arians going to Seattle, he hated, he hates the Seahawks. This is a, like a blood feud for him that no one is talking about. I mean, remember after 2017, when he left, when he left Arizona, he's like, well, it's nice. He, first of all, he knocked him out of the playoffs by beating him in Seattle. And second of all, he's like, yeah. That's a home, that's home field for us. We own them. We, I'd go there and win four and one in Seattle in his five years, uh, with the, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. The only loss coming in, um, 2014 when they lost 19 to three, uh, with Drew Stanton under center and Andre Ellington, uh, as their primary ball carrier. Plus no Larry Fitzgerald. Is that possible or is he just locked down? That can't be possible, right? Was Larry Fitzgerald hurt in 2014? You're missing Yeah, I don't think so. I don't he had, think so. Maybe they locked him he down. He had that streak of games with four yeah. or five catchers or whatever. So. He's not even in the box score. How was that, how was that even Maybe possible? he was. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he's hurt. Yeah, maybe he was hurt. Um, so if that's the case, look, I, I mean, I don't know how much you think that carries over, Pete, with, uh, with Oh, it'll carry over, but I, I would, I would like Tampa a lot here if, if it wasn't the situation. That's a brutal stretch of games. I mean, they, 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 they're killing that team. <laughs> they really are. They had a bye the week before last. I know, but it was a London bye. Yeah, London, the and, comeback. At least and and it stands out in my head because I remember sitting in Bruce Arians' office in the summer and he was complaining about the schedule. And you know, part of the, the problem with that schedule was, and the league actually fessed up on this, is they put the London game in as a home game. Mm-hmm. They thought mm. they were home. And they apologized to him because that stretch of games is just so brutal. Right. Oakland had to deal with the same thing. Yeah, bad. Bad stretch. So I, I would like I would lean to Tampa like a little bit like that. Just that the whole scheduling concerns me. Uh, and Larry Fitzgerald did miss that game. Had a uh, MCL sprain, so he had no Carson Palmer, no whoever the hell else was running the ball, and no Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that's a, tough to win that way. I think he goes in there and gets. I think they. I don't know if they pull the upset, but I think they. I think they keep it well within three points. I like Tampa Bay uh, a lot in that spot. I don't. I don't have them listed as a, as a best bet, but I would probably consider them something close to it. Uh, are we getting, are we getting Pete out of here? Or are we asking him about one more game? One more game. You, didn't there another best bet? Don't I have another best bet? Oh yeah. Uh, we gotta find something else for the parlay, I guess. Um, what do you guys but, think? We got Jags, Texans over. Yeah, Jags, Texans over. We'll throw the, we'll throw the, do you like the under in the New England game? Yeah, sure. Let's throw, that, are, let's throw that in there. And what other one we gotta throw in? You don't like Packers minus three and a half at Chargers? I do. I'll throw I that it. in. Yeah, okay. Two throw that in. There's a three-teamer. Okay. All right, well, talk to me. What do you think happens, Pete? We got the Chargers, uh, minus, or Chargers at home, at 
home. Home. It'll be a Packers home game. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be worse than the Steelers because it'll at least be a different color. It could be a different color. It'll be green. Uh, Packers are minus three and a half at the Chargers. Over under is 47 and a half. Um, talk to me a little bit about where, okay. Actually, I'm going to ask you about this. Do you think Phillip Rivers plays with the Chargers in 2020? Compared to another team or at all or at all? No, I think he does. I think he comes back. I think he plays. He said he's not the problem. No, no, I don't think he's not under contract though. And they just yeah, he'll play, he'll play, he'll do, he'll do something like Drew Brees does. He'll he'll figure, he'll figure it out where he stays and plays again. Yes, he'll play there if he wants to. And and again, you never know. I mean, Phillips got what eight kids now, and and he makes that commute from San Diego all the time. That's tough on him. That's tough. I've talked to him about it. It's hard. So but I think he, I think he plays again next year, and I think he'll be a Charger. Okay. I don't believe uh, the speculation about Brady and the Chargers. I know JLC is the one that spurred that up. I don't see that happening. I, I, I'm maybe I'm in the minority. But I don't see Brady going elsewhere to play. I just don't. I, maybe he walks away and doesn't play. But where's he going to play? It'd be like you going to work at Yahoo right now, right? I mean, just like, what, I, like, like just like like or like I mean, you know, or like uh, you or you could go work at like uh, Sports Knot or something like that. I mean, I just do you guys see him playing somewhere else next year? I don't. I don't think it's likely. It's I mean, I don't think the the uh, report was he's going to play somewhere else. It's like. He hasn't decided. He's not thinking about it. But people around him say, if there's one place where it makes sense, it's this. And so it wasn't. It wasn't like a. Well, one of them mentioned was San Francisco, because he's a home. You know, he grew up as a Niners fan, and he's a hometown kid. But that means they got to get rid of Garoppolo. That would be awesome. <laughs> like if they, because they probably couldn't get rid of him on his contract yet. So yeah. they bring in Brady and Garoppolo has to sit behind <laughs> I mean, Brady. It'd be weird. That. It'd be amazing. I, I do. I do think there is something to the idea that Brady would like to be like stationed a little bit on the West Coast in terms of expanding the TB12 brand. You know what I mean? Like that would make sense. Like get to LA, like sort of like a LeBron type thing where you're in LA, you're at this new complex, you can set up a, like you say, hey, listen, I'll play for the Chargers, but you're putting a TB12 complex in there. Uh, and then you can sort of, you know, sow your, uh, avocado grains or whatever, falafel, whatever. I have a strange feeling though, if it ends up being something like that, he's going to be Joe Namath in a Rams uniform. That's what he's going to, it just, it's going to go south quickly. In New England, he's got Belichick, he's got the whole thing and it, it works. I think if he goes to another team, he, he's just not going to look right. It's not going to feel right. It's not going to work. Now, Joe Namath was broken down player by that time, but you know what I mean? That kind of look to it. I just, it just won't feel right. I, I just like, hope he does one of two things. He stays in New England or he retires. Do you think that Monta, who called, like, like Favre and the Jets? He was kind of good for like half a year. No, uh, but Favre and the Vikings was yeah, okay. He was good in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Montana. At, how old was Favre when he was at the Vikings? Oh, he wasn't that old. He wasn't. Oh, he was like forty, right? Yeah, he wasn't forty. He'll be forty. He wasn't. Well, nobody's forty no. <laughs> playing football. Yeah, uh, Montana Chiefs. Were they? What do you think about? He him? was okay. He was yeah. okay with the Favre Chiefs. was him to the playoffs once, right? with the Vikings. Yeah, um, he was awesome his first year with the Vikings. Not so much the second year. And the Jets started out hot that year, and then they just he just time wore on him. Uh, Jerry Rice and the Seahawks, maybe. That was. Yeah. I mean, but you Steve think Hunt. about quarterbacks, it's, it, it's more about like, like Namath, broken down Namath. And there's been other guys. I'm trying to think of the older guys that broken down at the end of their careers and just didn't look right. It didn't, it would have been yeah. like Marino in, uh, <laughs> playing in a Giants, Giants uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? It just wouldn't have looked right. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, like, and I think that matters to Tom Brady too. I don't think Tom Brady wants to be, you know, Chargers, crappy Tom Brady, crappy Chargers Tom Brady. Also, look. Have you looked at the Chargers? They can't even get past Bill Belichick with like a Hall of Fame running back, a Hall of Fame tight end, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and like a robust offensive line. You think you're going to go there and magically get them past Belichick? You don't even know. You don't even know how broken a place is until you get there. Tom, stay. Remember Tony Dorsett in a Broncos uniform? (laughs) It just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. So we don't think Brady's going to play for the Chargers. What about the seventh Brady clone from that Paul Rudd show? Will that play for the Chargers? <laughs> <laughs> Just have 32 Bradys all around the league. It'd be hell of a, hell of a game to watch, I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right, Pete. So I'm going to tell you who you had as your best bets, and they are. And then we'll get out of here. Well, we won't get out of here. You'll get out of here, and we'll keep going. Uh, they are the Patriots, minus three. The Steelers, plus one. The Jaguars plus one, Jaguars, Texans over 46 and a half. Remember that game is at 930 Eastern time on Sunday. If you're planning to wager it or put in the parlay. You can't wait till noon. 
Also, set your fantasy lineups, people. Panthers minus three and a half. Seahawks bucks over 51. That is a robust six picks for Mr. Prisco as he looks to make a move. I like this little collection of picks you got this week. Five, one, and five. one and five. One and five. One and five. And what's uh, our parlay? I want to know. Our parlay oh, yeah. is the Packers. Packers. Packers, Patriots under, and the Jags over? Jags over. Yeah, Jags over. Do you bother doing Packers minus the points, or do you just – would you do Packers money line? No, like, no. What do you... Packers minus the points. Minus the points. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just asking. Just checking. So three-teamer this week. We're going to hit it this week. This is the week we hit it. It's a good it's one. Damn, it's strong. It's, it's got to hit at some point, right? It has to hit it. has to hit it. Yeah. Um, Okie doke. Pete Prisco, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. RJ and I'll be back after this break to hit up the rest of the games. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Back here on the Pick 6 podcast. Pete Prisco has left us, RJ, forever. He's a ghost now. Next time we see him, we'll be seeing ghosts. Tannest ghost I've ever seen in my entire life. Pete couldn't be a ghost for Halloween, I don't think. He'd be like a, a specter. He would have this tan, like sort of a radioactive specter. He could be like a stick of radio, a stick of uh, plutonium, natural glow, ectoplasm. He can go as one of the ghosts from Ghostbusters. <laughs> I like it. Uh, ugh, this game, Redskins at the Bills. Minus Bills minus nine and a half over under thirty six and a half. RJ, there are uh, two pieces of news I want to point out. Um. And we'll talk about more about this on a Thursday night recap show where me, Sean Wagner, John Breach, Ryan Wilson recap the Thursday night game. We talk everything about Cardinals uh, 49ers and then break down other news. But the Trent uh, Williams stuff is insane that's coming out of Washington right now. Um, apparently, Williams was uh, diagnosed with some – well, misdiagnosed with some form of cancer. Uh, and it nearly spread to his brain. Thank goodness non-Redskins doctors caught it. And it didn't happen, but that's a pretty scary situation. He returned after holding out for a while. Doesn't sound like he's going to play. Doesn't sound like they should try to play him. And the Redskins are morons for not trading him for a first-round pick. But I also want to ask you about the notion that the Redskins, who are practicing indoors today, were dipping their footballs into water in anticipation of bad weather in Buffalo this week. Um, however... It looks like it's going to be like sunny in Buffalo. So what are the Redskins doing? Who knows? Um, maybe they were just working on general holding the ball, you know, not, not giving up the ball. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that report. Um, but you can never tell what the Redskins are doing. Okay. Uh, well, do you think that there'll be bad weather? Do you think this goes under? Do you like the Redskins? What do you like here? 
Uh, it's a very low total. Uh, my best bet's Redskins plus nine and a half. I mean, but it's a big number to cover for a team that doesn't score points, and the Bills just don't score points. Twenty fourth in DVOA on offense, twenty fifth, sixth in points per drive. They only had in the last two weeks one hundred eighty eight passing yards and one hundred fifty five passing yards. And you're like, okay, they're they're not built to pass the ball. Maybe we can excuse that. The two teams they played are Miami and Philadelphia, two terrible pass defenses that have just been burned by every other team in the league. And then they go play Buffalo and they hold them under two hundred yards passing. That's that's a problem if you're the Bills. Um, the Washington offense c- could also be a problem, especially if Haskins is going to start. It looks like um, uh, Keenum was able to get some practice in on Thursday. I know they saw him in pads. So he'll have to get cleared. He's coming up from a concussion. We'll have to see Friday, Saturday if he's able to play. If he does, love the Redskins here. Plus nine and a half is a great pick. Um, Buffalo's rush D is 28th in DVOA. So that plays into what Washington's going to want to do anyway, which is just run, 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 and then run some more. Um, total show is going to be a low scoring game in those situations. If you're getting a lot of points, take a lot of points. That's why the Redskins your best bet mm. so no matter what the quarterback situation is no matter what the quarterback situation is because i just don't know if buffalo is scoring more than 20 so you don't have to do much if you're washington you know you get one touchdown and, and you're you're more than likely to cover okay um what would you do with this game if you were betting it let's say like like you're listening like it's you're, you're watching this on thursday night you're listening to the podcast on friday morning do you go ahead and get it in? Do you wait to find out what the deal is with Case Keenum? Do you think it's already baked in the line? What, you know, how do you, how do you analyze that? I would presume the line would go down if it's Case Keenum starting. Well, it's interesting. Do you, I don't know if that's the case. We saw how bad Haskins has been. So maybe it would go up. Maybe it would probably get to at least 10, I would think, if Haskins is confirmed to be the starter. No, that's um, what, that's what I'm wondering. Like, do you, I mean, I would almost think that they would err on the side of caution, expecting Case Keenum not to play. Like, like the guys, people making the lines here. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go down significantly because Keenum's been the one playing and they haven't been scoring points lately anyway. So, um, if you want to wait, I can see that's fine because it's not going to get down to seven or anything. You know, if people still perceive the Bills as a really good team because their record and they, they put up some strong performances over the season, but they typically aren't going to put up a lot of points and just, so it's hard for me to lay a bunch of points with them. I think it's dangerous. We saw that with the Miami game. They were favored by what, like 17 or 14 or something. I'm like, that seems like a lot, even against a bad Miami team. They scored a ton of points in that game. They scored 31 and they still didn't cover. They only won by 10. Um, so that's just what you're going to get with the Bills. Uh, you know, and Miami's the worst team in the league. What are they going to do against Washington, which can maybe run the ball a little and maybe play a little defense? Okay. Um, I got nothing. I don't want to touch this. But if you like the Redskins, I might get on the Redskins too. Would you, would you money line them? No. Just kidding. Bears at Eagles. Very bizarre game here. Bears, uh, Eagles are minus four and a half at home, coming off a huge win in Buffalo. They established, hashtag established the run, really got physical at the line of scrimmage. Miles Sanders had a tremendous, uh, long run, then got injured, but he was back at practice on Thursday. So that's great. The over under here is 42. You like anything at all in, in Bears Eagles? Yeah, they could also do that here because the, the Bears rush defense hasn't been as good with Akeem Hicks out. So maybe that happens again. Uh, I, I initially went into this thinking I was going to lean to the Bears. You know, the look headline was three. So I think maybe you're getting a little bit of value here off of perceived value. And I kind of came to my sense. I'm like, what am I doing? Chicago offense is coming off his best game. 388 yards of offense when they hadn't top 300 once all year. They still, still only scored 16 points against a bad Chargers team. They just couldn't put it in the end zone. Philly D show last week it can handle a limited offense, and that's what I would classify Chicago's offense as, which your biscuit quarterback is pretty limited. That Philly offense is only 17th in DVOA, but situationally they're playing really well. Third, second and third down percentage, sixth in red zone percentage. And if that run game is working and they can obviously keep moving the ball, picking up third downs, get into the red zone, score some touchdowns, I think they're going to cover this number. So this could be tough mentally for Chicago to get over screwing up their win last week that they thought they should have had that win. And this has been the talk of the town kicking situation. Here we go again. Now you got to face the team the double doink team in a rematch here so if everything was going well for the bears i would love taking him in this spot wanting to get revenge for that playoff loss but it just seems like things are still falling apart and the eagles are trending up so if i'm leaning one way it's going to be lean to the to the eagles but i'm probably going to stay away from it yeah i mean I, i'm sort of going back and forth on this one too i i really wish that the bears i mean how does Mitchell, how do people if you're watching this on youtube do you know if you know matt brodsky i mean come on like you tell me that's not you're telling me Mitch Trubisky and a Svelter, Matt Brodsky? What are we looking at here, people? So we gotta get a side by side for this. He should, that's who he should be for Halloween. Um, the, if you look at what the Eagles have done and like who they've played, I mean, they really have only had one game against a bad offense and that was the Jets, right? I mean, and they demolished the Jets. And I'm not saying that Mitchell Trubisky is Luke Falk or anything, but 
I mean, he can't hit anybody. He can't find anybody. If the Bears had won last week against the Chargers, which they should have, looking completely limited, this would be more like two and a half, right? And it wouldn't be that four and a half. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have stayed at three for me, maybe three and a half. Um, but I see there's times I don't think Trubisky was playing that poorly. Like I actually thought he was having a pretty good game. And then he makes that dumb throw to the sidelines where he doesn't read the coverage and it's an easy interception. And you're like, okay, that's one mistake. You know, we'll deal with that. And then he made another mistake and right after that. And it's like, you can't be making these mistakes in the fourth quarter. What are you doing? So right when I'm ready to be a a Trubisky apologist and say he's actually having a good game, it all fell apart. So it's just, that's what you're going to get with him. So it just, it hasn't all come together yet. And he's in his third year. It's like the reverse of the dumber, dumber thing. Just when I think you can't go and do anything more dumb, you completely redeem yourself. Yeah. Trubisky did not redeem himself. Vikings hit the Chiefs. I think I might be with you on the Eagles. I was on the Bears initially. I might veer away from that. Vikings hit Chiefs. Chiefs minus two and a half. This is the Westgate Superbook line. I don't think we have anything out yet. I would anticipate that if you were watching or listening that you see the line is probably Vikings, Vikings minus two and a half, uh, unless Patrick Mahomes is cleared. And you just might not even see a line until – um, until Friday afternoon when we find out officially Andy Reid has been playing uh, head games with this quarterback situation since the minute Patrick Mahomes went down. Um, I love the, I love the Vikings here. I, I know that Matt Moore, they ski, that they, you know, Andy Reid schemed up Matt. I don't, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is playing. Um, I would take the Vikings obviously plus the points. I would take the Vikings minus two and a half at Kansas City if I know Matt Moore is playing. I, I just think this is a good, it's a very good defense. Um, not elite. Xavier Rhodes didn't play well. They got, you know, Mike Hughes is coming on. They got Trey Wayne's playing a little. Uh, I think they can rush Matt Moore or Patrick Mahomes, whoever they play. And I just think that the Chiefs run defense is not going to hold up against Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. And you're going to see Kirk Cousins take some shots down the field. Um, Matt Moore had a great game against Green Bay. Kudos to Andy Reid for scheming him up. I think it's a little bit of a tougher matchup here. And, uh, I just, I like the Vikings in the spot. Yeah, I think the one line you might be able to get is Minnesota minus three right now. I think I saw that at FanDuel. Um, I'm still probably staying away at that. If this line was real, I probably would agree and lead, load up on Vikings plus two and a half. Um, but I don't know that it is. This line is weird to me because it makes me think that there's a better chance that he played. They're giving him a better chance of playing than I think we, we have for him. Um, cause otherwise, why would you make the Chiefs a favorite in this game? Uh, if the line was, if Mahomes was 100% healthy, I would say the line probably Chiefs minus six. If he's out, I mean, Minnesota yeah. minus, minus three sounds about right to me. Um, but even if he does play, he's not going to be fully healthy. He wasn't fully healthy before his injury and Kansas City's offense struggled at home against Indian Houston. That wasn't the real Patrick Mahomes we saw in those games. Um, yardage numbers haven't backed up big point totals for Kansas City's offense lately. Minnesota's defense is well rounded. They can stop you running and passing. And with Matt Moore, a quarterback, I think it's going to be a little bit easier for them, uh, to, uh, to have another good game, even on the road where they don't play as well, obviously, than they do at home. Uh, Minnesota Minnesota's rush offense has topped 160 yards in six of eight games. And like you were talking about, that Chiefs rush defense can't stop people. They're 30th in yards per rush and DVOA. Sets up well for Vikings to run the ball well and then use that defense to kind of slow down Matt Moore and uh, trust Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer always plays well. It has a great record against the spread. And and if we're going to get minus two and a half, minus three with the Vikings and uh, Matt Moore's quarterback, I don't see why you don't take the Vikings. So probably um, a lean for me, but not. Just, this isn't the real line. I didn't want to make it a best bet or anything because people can't go out and bet this line. Right. And this is, again, the super contest line that we're using. Um one, uh, let me see if I can find this real quick. I had this note in my picks. It's a slideshow, but it's all, all the games I pick them against the spread. Uh, this is actually interesting. Um, Mike Zimmer coach defenses have not allowed more than 13 points to Andy Reid coach offenses in the three games they've matched up in since 2008. Um, that includes a 4-11-1 Bengals team that tied the 2008 Eagles, a very good Eagles team, and a 2012 Bengals-Eagles matchup, uh, along with when the Chiefs and Vikings played in 2015. So for what, you know, just one of those sort of like, and this is something I thought about afterwards. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but should have, should have taken a deeper dive into it. Kyle Shanahan has a, had a link, has a lengthy track record against Ron Rivera. And I think he knows how, just for whatever reason, he kind of knows how to scheme against Ron Rivera. And he did a great job of that again in San Francisco, Carolina. I, that sort of, stuck in the back of my mind is something and I didn't go really deep dive into it when I took the Panthers regrettable decision I think that this is kind of a similar thing I'm not saying that Andy Reid can't outfox Mike Zimmer I just think there's he sort of understands what Andy Reid wants to do and can scheme against it did you say that Zimmer's defense tied the Eagles back in whatever it was in 2008 yeah did you even know you could tie <laughs> that's wait 
McNabb was a quarterback. How did he had a tie and he didn't even know he could tie? It's unbelievable. <laughs> was that the game? Was that the game when he was like, I didn't know you could tie? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, Debo's in my ear. He says that was the game when that was 2008. I thought it was like 2012. I'm old, man. I'm just glad Real. you got that reference. I didn't. It wasn't that overt. So I was like, I'm going to say this. Maybe he'll get it. No, I, I knew it immediately, but I didn't. I was for some reason thinking that that was more recent. But I guess McNabb was probably with the Redskins by what 2000. Of nine. Yeah. So the next year, maybe that's why Andy Reid got rid of him. Didn't know he could tie. Mm. Man, we're getting old. Depressing. Jets at the Dolphins. Speaking of depressing things that are depressing. <laughs> Jets at the Dolphins. Um, over unders 41. I, I'm being told that they want me to go down to South Florida for Bengals jet, Bengals Dolphins in the event that it's like the pooper bowl. Um, not like I don't love South Florida. But it's like right around Christmas time, so I'd rather be with my family. Uh, so I'm sort of rooting for the Dolphins to win some games here and take that out of the equation. Don't know that it's going to happen um, in this spot, though. But I like the Dolphins, man. I know you don't. You like the Jets. Seems like a lot of people want to like the Dolphins here because they haven't looked terrible at times with with Fitzpatrick. I, I still think this is an awful team, though. Fitzpatrick obviously started the season as their quarterback, and they were terrible. He's come back. They're still losing games. Uh Yes, I know the Jets locker room might be distracted. Players were put on the trade block and then not traded. We saw Jamal Adams' comments about the GM. It's obviously not a great place, a harmonious place. Um, Dolphins aren't exactly in a great spot either, coming off a Monday night football debacle where they were up 14 nothing and still almost didn't cover a 14-point spread. Just completely fell apart. And I think one way to cure the ghost that Darnold looks like he's facing now for two games straight is to play a Miami defense that basically has ghosts lined up at every position in the secondary. They don't cover anybody. Um, and Giants are going to have way more talent on the field. Darnold, Bell, Anderson, maybe Chris Herndon looks like he might make his debut if he finishes out his practice. That's a lot of talent. You have to take that into consideration that sometimes talent just wins out. Um, when you look at all the units in this game, Jets' offense has been terrible. Dolphins have been terrible on both sides of the ball. The Jets' defense is the only good unit in this game, 11th in DVOA. Um, and then the other thing about the Jets is that, yes, they're terrible. They've been losing a ton of games. They haven't played a team that's now under 500. if you look at their current record, since week two. This is a good get-right spot for them. The last game was against the Browns, which are also a bad team. They had their backup quarterback. This was really like the first the, – the injury report's still terrible for them. I believe there's like 26 guys on the injury report for Thursday. So not great, Bob, but uh, if they can get enough guys healthy and get on the field, um, I just think Town's going to win out and they're going to cover this number. So I'm going to make them a best bet in the hopes that that Friday injury report's going to look pr- pretty solid, pretty decent. Okay. I like the Dolphins, and I – I took it when the Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson trades were percolating. I, d- I do worry a little bit that like this Jamal Adams thing could result in him just having an incredible game. You know what I mean? Like, like people are like, Oh, well, the Jets are all discombobulated. Well, maybe Adams just goes out there and he's pissed off. And it's right. also a prime spot for Le'Veon to finally get right. Like Le'Veon's a great buy low in fantasy. Um, unless Dave Richard's trying to trade him to you in a dynasty league, yeah. then you kind of get bent. Um, but, uh, did you, did Dave offer you a trade too? Yeah, we had been talking to Le'Veon Trey since before the season, and I thought we had some, a pretty decent one. And, um, you know, he, he didn't take it. He wanted to wait a little longer. And finally, just the value of the players I was offering kept on rising. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to take it anymore. I'm giving up too much. And so we right. kind of we we kind of revisited that with the offer that he sent. It was a similar type offer, but at this point, with how Le'Veon's looked, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good with what I got. In mine involved, I don't want to you know speak out of turn, but mine involved Cooper Cup. Like, nah. Cooper Cup's good. Um, knock on wood. Cooper Cup's great. Moving along. Lions at the Raiders. Raiders minus two and a half. This is the first time playing a home game since like the early September. It's crazy. Uh, they should feel ex- ex- exhale. They should exhale. They're home. They get to play in front of the black hole. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have a very good defense and they got a really good passing offense coming to play them in the form of Matthew Stafford. And the Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Stafford. I mean, if this Lions team was at the top of the division, and it's not that crazy to say that they would be because they got screwed by the refs um, and they were in a dogfight with Minnesota. I mean, like a couple, they're tied with Arizona. A couple things go the right way. Stafford is a legitimate MVP candidate at this point of the year because he's playing so well. It's awesome to see. I love it, especially, you know, coming on the heels of um, his wife having a, a brain tumor removed. And I mean, he's, he's balling out. Stafford's a good dude and he's playing well and I like it. So, uh, I like the, the Lions here. A little scared by the line. 
Um, but I would, my best bet in this game is the over at 50 and a half. And I think that it will only go up. Um, you know, I wish it was in the forties, obviously, but Derek Carr is not playing too poorly himself. You know, I'll say it. I'm not scared to heap praise on a member of the Carr family, RJ. I, what do you think? Over? Lions? Anything here for you? My lean's also to the over. Um, four of the last five Lions game have gone over 50. Raiders offense is rolling. Obviously, uh, you were talking about how good Carr's playing. Um, so it just seems like it's a game that's going to get into the 50s. Oakland's offense ranks sixth in net yards per attempt, seventh in yards per rush, eighth in DVOA. They're well balanced. They're going to put up their points against a defense that's not, not playing very well, which we saw against the Giants. Um, and, uh, I think there's also that backdoor uh, possibility again. Like if somebody needs a, a late touchdown to, to even up the score, that's going to push us over. Oakland's defense, 30th in points per drive, 29th in pass DVOA. I think Stafford's going to have another field day. Um, Oakland's offense has been shining despite that tough schedule that you talked about, that huge road trip. And uh, my preseason home field advantage numbers, which take a little bit with a grain of salt because home field hasn't mattered as much as we thought it might this year. But Oakland was one of those teams that graded out well, and I thought that they were going to have a nice home field edge here with that last season in Oakland. The black hole shows up, trying to enjoy every last game they can with this team. Um, that could come to bear. We haven't really got to see much of it because of their schedule, but I think I would lean to the Raiders here at minus two and a half. I think you're getting slightly good value. I think at this point, these teams are probably around even, maybe even slightly more of a lean to the Raiders just because the Lions defense is playing pretty terribly itself. And that's the the one situation where you would figure the Lions would set themselves apart from the Raiders is having a good defense, but it really hasn't come to pass at this point. So I'd probably lean to the Raiders at home right here. Okay. Maybe you could talk me in. I feel like I'm, it's one of those where like I'm really on the like I've been on the Lions. I feel I've been feeling good about how they've been. I've been right about what they've been doing, and I, now I'm I feel like I might be chasing a little bit here. Is that possible? Like I'm yeah, good. I was you know I was high on the Lions too coming into the season. I bet them to win the division as well. You felt bad about these these terrible breaks. Thought that they're better than what their record shows, but at this point they're la- you know they're not last. In the, they're really last or close to last in the division. They're looking up at two great teams, six and one, six and two. You know this isn't this isn't a thing where they're going to rally and suddenly take the division because just those other two teams are so good. So at this point they've got to feel like man, this just isn't our year again. It's happening to us again. Um, regroup, maybe try for it next year. Uh, and worth noting. I mean, this is not the end all be all of anything, but, um, the line was a pick. It is now Oakland minus two or Oakland minus two and a half. And according to Action Network, Oakland is only getting 39% of the tickets, but getting 48% of the money. I mean, that is, that is not a trend that you bet on absolutely, but that's a pretty good trend to ride. So you're following the money. You're following the line movement. You're still, you're taking a home team at less than a field goal. Um, and a team that's, you know, actually got some decent wins here. Uh, and a team that's underrated as well uh, as a, uh, you know, you're going to be a contrarian. That's a pretty good spot to be in, right? Yeah, and all those things factor in. That's why I'm not not strong lean, but a lean to the Raiders, and I do like your over pick. I would, that, that, if I was going to have to pick, make one pick on this game, it would be the over as well. All right, well, I'm in on the over. Get it now before it goes up. It's going to go up. and hit 55 or 60. Browns minus three at the Broncos. This game stinks, RJ. Stinks out loud. The Browns are two and five and they're minus three at Denver. The over under 38 and a half meat grinder. Um, Brandon Allen starting for, his, for the first time in his career for the Denver Broncos because Joe Flacco is injured. He said with giant air quotes, six round pick from the Jaguars in 2016. Named off waivers by the Broncos in September. You don't have much confidence in Brandon Allen, do you? I do not. Obviously, he hasn't been with the team all off season, so he, I don't know how familiar he's going to be running this offense. Um, Cleveland is at its my best bet's the Browns because my Browns minus three. Cleveland's at its low point. Who did they just play? They played the Rams, the Ravens, a game they won. San Francisco, Seattle, New England in their last five games. Those teams are a combined 31 and 7 heading into this week. So I think there's still reason to be optimistic about the Browns. Their schedule gets a lot easier from here on out. I re- I have an under nine wins ticket for them. I'm not cashing it yet. I'm still, still going to be sweating that out because I mean, they play Pittsburgh twice. They play Cincy twice. They play Arizona, Miami, Buffalo. I mean, it's just teams that they might not be as good at like Buffalo. I'm not sure that they're better than Buffalo, but I know their offense can score some points and I'm not sure Buffalo's can. So I'm not going to just mark the Bills down for a win in that game. I think it's going to be a tough game that the Browns could win, especially if they get on a roll. Um, I think there's still a reason for optimism with the Cleveland defense. They're sixth in adjusted sack rate, sixth and third down percentage. Um, they're just getting, you know, running into this buzzsaw of really good teams. That Denver offense was already struggling before losing a quarterback who's a veteran. Allen comes in. He hasn't been with the team very long. I don't know how he's going to fare under pressure. 
the Denver D has been strong. I don't know how they're going to respond last week after playing their butts off. They should have won that game, and then at the very end, they lose. That's kind of a letdown spot for me. They're going into a bye after this game. This could be a thing where things kind of go wrong for Denver, and they throw up their hands, and, and the Browns kind of just roll one of those, you know, 38 to 10 type games. I, I could see that happening more than a close game. So, uh, I, but that's why the Browns are going to be a best bet for me at minus three. Uh, and I think Nick Chubb has a big game because Denver's weaker against the run than the other pass. They're better defending the pass. And, uh, uh, Cleveland's already had the number one offense in yards per rush. So Chubb, I think, is going to be set up for a really good second half as long as, uh, Kareem Hunt doesn't come in and start taking too many touches from him. So. Hey, I, it, it's now weird because you thought they might want to save Chubb for the playoffs or, Save Hunt for the stretch run, but they need, they just need their best guy out there. Chubb's their best guy. So I, I don't think he's going to take that many carries. The only thing that really concerns me about this is that Baker Mayfield has a terrible record against top 10 defenses and Denver is still a top 10 defense. Yeah. Right? Just like, like I said, it's a bad spot for him though. So the, I do agree. Yeah. They do have a good defense. I don't think Baker's going to have to do a ton though. Just hand it to Chubb. Get your points. The defense is going to hold Denver down. They're not scoring any points, so you're not really putting the game in Baker's hands at this point. At what at what point would you not take the Browns here? Three and a half. Uh, I would take them at three and a half. I, they're a best bet at three. I think I'd still play them at three and a half. I mean, I might look away once it gets to like five. You know, it's because <laughs> yeah, it's just Denver. I think this, this is a terrible spot for Denver. It's just going to be a mess for them with this quarterback. All right. Um. Cowboys, Monday Night Football, Cowboys at the Giants. Man, there are a lot. There's a lot of road chalk out there today, this 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 week, isn't there? Feels like. Yeah, yeah, and uh Is there a chance like favorites have been playing or like have been doing pretty well lately? There's not a chance this a week that the dogs bark. Could be. I think for the season the dogs are still ahead. And road yep. teams in particular are ahead. So a lot of these uh these chalk teams are on the road and my lean here, I wanted to like the Giants. I penciled the Giants in as a potential contest pick heading into the week. Did my research. Now I'm leaning to the Cowboys. Used to be a close series. You know, every every game with these teams was close. Dallas has won handily in four of their last five, and the one that they did, and it didn't matter, is that Week 17 game where they played Dak for some reason, and they sat, like, a couple offensive linemen and Zeke. They were seven point, six or seven-point underdogs, and they still won the game. Um, so it's just they've been dominant in this series lately. And then you look at this team, this 2019 team. They're number one in offensive DVOA. They're top three in pass and run on DVOA. Third in points per drive. This offense got back on track versus Philly. I think they can have similar success against the Giants defense that's given up 27 or more points to everybody but Washington. So they're going to get a lot of points from Dallas. And then their defense is ninth in points per drive, second and third down percentage, fifth in red zone percentage. You're checking all the boxes of a, a team that in pressure situations can keep their foot you know, on the pedal and, and keep a team from scoring a lot of points. And primetime is a spot I look to play the Cowboys. They're 8-3-1 against the spread since the start of 2017 in, in primetime. So they thrive in this kind of environment. So I think they'll get ahead. They won't let the Giants get back in the game and they'll cover the seven. The, the Cowboys, anecdotally, feels like they just beat the crap out of bad teams. You know, I mean, you, look, they play the Giants in Week One. Thirty, you, know, you mentioned. It. I mean, they just, they just, they just take care of business. They lose to good teams, take care of business against bad teams. Maybe Unless it's the, the Jets, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Although the Jets were good that day, Sam Darnold was great. What happened? I don't know. I have no. I have no. Ah, uh, they were looking ahead to the Eagles. Look ahead game. Jason Garrett checked out. I don't know. Jason Garrett <laughs> wanted control of the place. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, the seven is just so tempting. But Dallas, I, I don't know. I, I'll probably flip and flop back on this one until Monday. I wouldn't even mess with it until Monday. Just wait and see where you are on Monday. For your picks leagues, if you got to put them in before, uh, take the Cowboys. Don't mess around. Who knows what happens to the Giants? All right. Let's recap our best bets. As mentioned before, Pete Prisco has the Patriots minus three, the Steelers plus one, the Jaguars plus one, the Jaguars Texans over, the Panthers minus three and a half, the Seahawks and the Buccaneers over. RJ, do you have your best bets? Yeah, I took the over in Houston Jacksonville. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I got Washington plus nine and a half. Going to stick with a Bills team that doesn't score a lot of points. I got the Jets laying three in Miami. I believe that that talent will win out there. Cleveland minus three uh, in Denver against a team that I think is close to giving up with their situation at quarterback. And then Packers minus three and a half at Chargers. The Packers will be playing a home game in L.A. in that game, and they're going to run away with it. 
Okay. And my best bets, the Jaguars plus one, the Ravens plus three, head-to-head with Pete on that one. The Steelers plus one. Oh, no, Pete and I have two that are the same. That's concerning. Uh, the Vikings plus two and a half. I just have to take the points if you're giving me Matt Moore versus Vikings all day. Um, again, that line is probably more like Minnesota minus three. I still like it, but, you know, see what it is that you're like, – I think um, for my picks pool that I do, it is – yeah, Vikings plus two and a half. Maybe the Westgate just locked in on my picks pool. Um, and then the Oakland over 50 and a half. And then our uh, parlay, the Jags over 46 and a half, Packers minus three and a half, Patriots under 45. I like that parlay. I think it hits. I think it finally hits. Definitely going to hit. It's going to go over three. <laughs> We're going to somehow get screwed on all three of them, I'm sure. There'll be ref, ref whistles and everything. We're the over eight on the parlays this year. Parlays are hard to hit, you know? Yeah, especially when we're going, we're always going three or more. So it's not like we're doing easy ones. Right. We're not taking a little two favorite layup here or anything like that. Uh, you know, we're going to get the under and the over. We're going to get the under early and then we will get, we'll get the, we'll get the Jags over in the morning in London and then that, uh, Patriots under will come through for us. That game is surely. Oh no, that game's Sunday night. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it'll be over. Saying. It'll be over with the uh, the London sure. game. It'll go under, and then the That's other right. two will win easily, and we'll be like, man, that just just we'd have put something else instead of that stupid London game. That's right. Uh, okay, make sure and listen to our. Oh, if you leave a five star review, thank you to everybody who do, who does who has done so recently. We've got a bunch of them. Really appreciate it. Pushing hard towards some sort of metrics. The, the nice things you say are make me feel good about myself, um, and that's always great. If you leave a question, we will answer it. Uh, we will probably get to some of those, maybe one or two of those, on our Thursday night recap show. So make sure and listen to that. It's in your feed. And we'll be back to recap week nine on Sunday night. RJ, always a pleasure, buddy. Yes, sir. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.